Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. Well, welcome to your creativity. Today, I'm actually way excited. We have Chef, Chef Adalberto Diaz. Okay, screw the name. Like, I mean, he screw has really the name. Chef out. <laughs> but, yeah, that's good. Okay, he runs one of the best pastry shops in Salt Lake oh, City, Feelings and Emulsions. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of drooling and excited to be here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, first, let's jump into the, the name of the place. How'd you come up with that? That's... Feelings and Emotions. Well, well you know, um, uh, there was one day in 2013 that I decided that I wasn't happy at work, the work I was doing at that time. Um, and I basically woke up and, and went to work and told the, the CEO of the company, I don't love this job anymore and I cannot do it again. Uh, so I'm putting my two weeks notice and, and, and immediately after that, I went home and I uh, posted on Facebook and said like, what if I open a bakery? What will happen? And the, the response was crazy. Like was one after another, you should do it. Everybody should do it. Blah, blah. So I spent uh, uh, the next probably 12 hours looking online for names that were unique and see if they were taken, you know, from little silver spoon to, you know, um, I don't know, the cat in hand, Ambrosia. I mean, we, I had so many. Um, and then my nerd came to my mind. And then I said, let's play with words a little bit. And, and I know what, you know, um, and, and I wanted something that remind people of what they go and eat food, they, 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 they use their memories. Like food takes you to places. Yes. Um, and it makes you um, remember things, remember uh, days or remember places and remember um, holidays or people. You can actually eat a piece of something that reminds you of a person um, just by the flavor or the texture or the smell. So I um, thought, you know, I, I think I want to use my nerdy brain and transfer these feelings and uh, emotions because that's what I was going to call it, feelings and emotions, and, and turn it a little bit more into the pastry world that I live in. And I think uh, that's how, you know, feelings and emotions came to be. The, the word is about the feelings and the emotions that we use on pastry, on the pastry world. But uh, when I make, when I say feelings and emotions, it sounds like feelings and emotions. So, and it worked out perfectly because yeah. also F and E, um, if you put it in Spanish, means fe or faith, which is something that, you know, my family um, is pretty religious. My mom and my uh, grandmas, um, not necessarily me, but I believe that uh, they're always behind me. So uh, I wanted to have that. So that actually matched everything. It was It was feelings and emotions part of baking. It was... <clears throat> uh, feelings and memories that you remember from having the food and it together means faith so it works yeah okay i want to get into you're okay you're a badass and sorry for your mom if because they're religious and so when they listen to this i swear i apologize she's she's religious but she's from cuba 
Okay, so, so you can, can be a badass. It. She so can take it. She can take it. <laughs> she can take it. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, but tell us about that. You grew up in Cuba. Yep. I was born and raised in Cuba. And okay, but I—I I mean, I've seen interviews <laughs> you with you, and yeah, more than just okay. My dream—I would someday love to go to Cuba. Just all the scenery. The but I. Kind of how you were describing your company. I think that we here in Salt Lake tend to forget emotions, tend to, f- to forget some of the feelings and the different cultures. Mm-hmm. We kind of are reverent about it. And I like that in, when I think of Cuba, I think of very lively people and a very beautiful, like, colors. And I think of, like, just all kinds of laughter and that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we do have uh, – and th- this is the thing about – and if you go to my bakery, you're going to see there's color – on my case, all my desserts are very colorful. And one thing I'm not afraid is food color. You will see it. My macarons are colorful. My desserts are colorful. I, it's part of who I am. Uh, and if you've watched any of the shows that I've done, the one thing everybody notices is like, yeah, this is definitely Alberto's dish because it has a lot of color. It always does. And, and it comes from where I come from. We, we're, we have very little um, where I come from, but we share it equally with everybody that's one thing i learned um the food of one serves two and the food of two can serve four and the four can serve eight there's always space we can share we share all the time there is um the one thing that i still cannot deal with here is the selfishness that most people have. And, and I include myself into that group because sometimes I'm selfish, but we go to a buffet and we know there's people behind us and there is four shrimp in there and there's three people behind us. We take the four shrimps. We don't think about the people behind us, you know, and, and, and that is just one example, but it happens all the time everywhere where we tend to disregard the rest because most of the time we don't have to worry about them. You know, where I come from, everybody in your life is important, even the people you don't know, because you never know when you're going to need them. Not because you're going to need them, because you never know when you're going to need them. Um, And and for me, that's a lesson that I think it helped me be to where I am today. I've been in, worked in many places. I've um, worked in different companies, and I still have very good relationship with everybody. I've made sure that... The Does your ex CEO get a lot of um, pastries? Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, they all they all come to my shop and I actually do business with them right now. So and with the one before, I still do business That's with awesome. them um, uh, because I created those relationships and I make sure I didn't burn them because I don't know when they're gonna need, I'm gonna need them. Um, so I still have relationship with all these people. Um, but we're very we um, tend to see the funny. Behind all the tragedy, that's the one thing we looked at, because you can only cry for so much, but you can laugh forever. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So we we cry when we need to cry for a very short time, because uh, we're Latin, we're dramatic, and we have to cry. <laughs> but two minutes later, we're already drinking and dancing and getting ready for celebration, because because life is too short to live in the dark side. We just don't want to do that. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that, that I do. I, I'm, I'm, I have pretty high standards, uh, but at the same time, I, I understand flexibility. When people make a mistake they didn't mean to, to make, I don't drag it along. I'm not like one of those hell chefs that 
scream at their people and, and make them feel miserable. I don't believe that that should ever happen. Um, but it's about, uh, for me, it's about relationship. It's about friendship. It's about um, enjoying the moment um, and, and have fun and loving what you do. If you don't, then don't do it. Get, get something else going for yourself. When did you start doing pastries? I or when did you start liking to make desserts? I started baking when I was nine. I, um, wow. I, I went to, um, I was in my kitchen with my grandma. My, uh, my grandma was beating some egg whites. And, uh, and she said, so like, I asked her, what are you doing? And, and she told me, I'm turning this into clouds. And I didn't believe her. So what do you mean clouds? So they said, you know, the egg whites are like slimy yellow. Yeah. And then she got a fork and a plate and then she started beating those eggs. Uh, and then suddenly they have this beautiful, shiny white meringue that then she added sugar to. And then she she burned on top of the, the flames and turned them into this marshmallow, toasted marshmallow. And that was a moment of magic for me. Like seeing something as simple as an egg white turning to like a marshmallow that was torch. And that was it. I was hooked. And I started baking. Um like right after that and I didn't have an oven so I had to bake my cakes on a pressure cooker wow and uh and I you know I I bake cakes in pressure cooker I bake eclairs in pressure cookers um and then you know the funny thing about that I had to I had my own bakery which was an illegal bakery in Havana and um when I came here I had a lot of places that hired me that told me, oh, you can, oh, we don't have the ability to do this now. It's like, why? So, well, we don't have these and that and that. It's like, it doesn't matter. You can do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pressure cooker because, out. Because, I can work around that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I, oh, you can do that. No, you can't. So like, uh, yes, you can. And, and then I did it and it worked out. So, and I think that's one of the, the, the part of the creativity that we have is the necessity that we have in the island it makes you be creative. It's like you don't have a choice, so you make it work. So um, that's how we started, started the baking life as very young. What brought you to even Salt Lake? So um, it was around two, the year 2000, a little bit before the year 2000, that um, uh, basically the government in Cuba found out that I had my legal bakery, and I had to escape. And I actually met a few years before a couple of people from Salt Lake City, and um, and I had a good relationship with them. We, you know, they helped me every once in a while with money. And uh, when the time came that the police was basically harassing me, I called them and told them that I was going to need some help. And they said, "Sure," and they helped me. So I uh, basically the only people I had to come to America was people from Salt Lake. So I ended up here, and I actually pretty grateful I did do, do you hate telling the story of of how you got out of Cuba well there's a lot of things about the story I shouldn't talk about <laughs> okay. there's a lot of uh, bribing the you know people in the embassy in Mexico and and you know going illegally from Mexico City to the border and then you know paying a, a, a coyote to take me through the Mexico uh, landscape so that the police wouldn't stop me and put me in jail. So there's all these things you have to do um, to come to America. A lot of people don't understand how difficult it is to make your dreams come true yeah. when you're not born here. And, and that's one of the biggest things that I don't understand. It's like 
the people that come in here to make their dreams come true, they know the value of this place. Um, and it's funny that some people think that that's not the case, that they think they just want things for free, you know, that they want things to be given to them, which I think most of the time is the opposite. Yeah. The people that are already here want think that they free. should get all this stuff for free because, you know, my mad dad had it, my, my mom had it, and so should I. Um, I think, and I'm not generalizing, but I think most of the immigrants that come to this country hoping a better life, they understand the value of what we get when we come to this country. And, and you know, we'll fight and work really hard to, to keep it that way. I think it's important. So, did that answer that question? I don't even know. Yeah. You avoided the asylum thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just read that. Like, I asked for asylum. Yeah, I asked like for... Like, you ran to the border, and you basically just said... I want asylum. and yeah. um, I did. And, and then the first thing that the people in immigration told me, yeah, fill up this paperwork and go back to Mexico. We'll call you. <laughs> we'll call you. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly my answer, right? Of course, I wasn't laughing. I was shaking because I was afraid yeah. uh, that they would send me back to Mexico. So if I go back to Mexico, I'll be either killed or I'll be go to jail or I'll be sent back to Cuba and killed. So um, I said, I'm not moving until you give me asylum until you let me in, you know, in somehow. And, and then they put me in jail. <laughs> so I went to immigration uh, processing center. That's what they call it. It's just jail. Uh, there is like, you know, narco people in there, all the people that are deporting from, from murder or, or, you know, drug dealing, all this stuff. They're all in the same place. So it's kind of a scary location yeah. to be in. Uh, but they needed to find out who I was, if, if I was really, who I, I, you know, I wasn't a terrorist or if I was really a Cuban or, you know, all the stuff. So it took around 21 days to get through that process and, of course, get vaccinations and tests and all this stuff, uh, just like a guinea pig because you don't want. And, and, you know, coming into this country, is, it's a process. No, you know, whoever comes in here is not just walking in and, and, and it's, it's an easy walk in the park. It's not that easy. Um, Do you look at that experience as helping you now? Um, I look or at what that, did it give you? I, I think that uh, it made me value what I got. You know, like, like I know some people will get to that office and never go through and, and never go to that processing center and come in and given the privilege of, of getting a, a parole or a hearing. Um, and that I'm privileged for that. I have a privilege that a lot of people don't have. Some people are sent over and they get killed or they try it again and they get killed after that, or they die trying. Um, so I, I understand for me, the privilege that I receive when I cross the border and I ask for a island and I was given a hearing. Uh, which a lot of immigrants don't get. Um, so it, it taught me that, um, and I think it increases the value of what I have for me. So when, once you got here and everything, what was your experience getting uh, things rolling with your uh, oh career here? So let's talk about sexual harassment. <laughs> You know, I, I come from Cuba, and in Cuba, slapping somebody in the butt is just the norm. 
Um, this is 17 years ago. Yeah. And I come to work at a, an Italian place and uh, there's a lady picking up like salamis from the cooler and she's bending over and I pass just next to her and I automatically, because that's what we do to like, and, and this is completely wrong, but it's so culturally ingrained that um, you don't realize that. And this is the couple of stories like that. And I just slapped her in the butt and I say, hey, Vicky, how are you doing today? And that was horrible because she wasn't expecting that. It was disrespectful in my mind. She was going to be, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Thank you so much. You know, but it wasn't that at all. And it was pretty um, uh, awakening. That was, you know, that's a straight hit to a culture difference. The culture, culture shock, yeah. Like, like, you don't do that. You just don't do that. And this is the reasons why you don't do that. Um, so that was one of them. Uh, <laughs> um, credit cards and, and how easy you can get in debt. That was another one. Yeah. Because we don't have <laughs> credit cards. We live in a cash world in Cuba. And understanding how they work was something I had to learn. And yes, in the first year or so, I um, got into like a $15,000 debt, which is not a lot, but still for, for me that I never knew about that. And it was very easy. It was very easy to, to get the credit cards approved. And, and the, did you get one, then you get more in the mail. And you're like, oh my gosh, people really, I mean, these companies really, they really like me. me. <laughs> they really like me. They don't even know me. And they're giving me all this money. And then they have the limit. Exactly. Like, and then they just give me more. And it's like, um, so, so those, those were some of the things. Um, the, the other thing that was um, pretty interesting for me, and I wasn't expecting, because in Cuba, there's, you know, communism was pretty um, strong and still very strong. Uh, but during my time, I was born in uh, 72, communism was already running for, you know, 10th of years, 15 years, something like that. Um, and, uh, and religion was basically abolished. Like, like, I knew my grandma was religious and I knew my mom was a believer. But nobody talked about it. Like nobody goes to church, and the church is this beautiful building that had saints and looked good because the light come through the the beautiful glass, and and it was quiet and pretty nice to visit. But you didn't go to mass, and you didn't go to church, and you didn't celebrate Christmas or any of that stuff because it was illegal. Nobody was telling you it was illegal, but you knew it was illegal. Right. <laughs> um, and then I come to America and I find this very religious society because that means it's all like city. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I have to learn about the Mormons and their culture and their, you know, missionaries and the people knocking at the door and, and all that stuff. That was something else also I had to, to learn. So, I mean, there's a, there was a lot to understand and learn from the moment I got here to what I am right now. So a lot. It, so when you decided to open up your place, mm -hmm. you said it was 2013. Uh -huh. Didn't that scare the shit out of you? Actually, no. You have another question? No, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm not actually. I, I, that's why I spent the first 13 years studying. So what I did is I worked for different companies and different places. And I got as deep as I could on on how things work, on the on the administrative part, on the costing part, on the production part, on the equipment part, on the maintenance part. Enough that when I decided to open, I already knew people on all of those areas. And I understood how all of those areas work 
before I opened my bakery. So there was, I had, there was no mystery to, to me. I just had, I just needed the money. <laughs> um, so I used all my, all my savings, everything that I had, I had a retirement fund and I just cashed it out. Um, and, uh, and I used it to open the bakery and, and it actually wasn't, I mean, it was still scary in a way, but I wasn't afraid. Like I knew the things I had to make. I knew um, how to reach people. I knew who I co could contact for fixing my ovens or to buy new equipment, or I knew what to buy the things I needed. I knew how to uh, contact the suppliers. I knew how to shop around for prices. I mean, it, that, like I said, I studied 13 years. Besides what I knew from Cuba, which was just making product, I studied all the other stuff um, on the 13 years previous to that. So it was easy. And then that was out of the location you just moved out of? Right? Yeah, we moved from Kensington Avenue to uh, Main Street um, on March of this year. Okay. Yeah. How's that move been? It's been great. We had, I mean, we have more parking, we have more visibility, we have a lot more space, we have coffee and sitting area, which we didn't have before. Um, it's a beautiful open space and uh, it's great. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, very similar to your move, Steve. You mm -hmm. went from a smaller place to, to a bigger spot. To a bigger, bigger spot. spot. And it feels good. It feels good for the people that are working and for the customers, too. Now, who, who inspires you? you? Your grandma started, you know, taught you how to bake when you were nine. Who who since then? Or Well, I think that, uh, you know, inspiration comes from, you know, my life around me. I, I've been inspired by, you know, first... Um, for most was from my family and my memories. Um, a lot of the stuff that I sell in the bakery has somehow a memory, even if you cannot see it, um, from a flavor that I tasted or, or the texture that I like. Um, like I love meringues and I love guava and I love mango and I like passion fruit. Um, <clears throat> and I like... If you look at my, and I'm trying to fix that, but I don't really eat a lot of chocolate, mostly because I never had it. When I was a kid, we were poor. Chocolate was something we didn't have. So I don't use a lot of chocolate. I have to push myself to use chocolate on my recipes. Um, and, and you can see a lot of tropical flavors. You can see a lot of lemons and a lot of fruit um, uh, because all that, is what inspires me. It's my memories and, and my background. I have people that I follow, um, you know, great pastry chefs on the, the whole planet that I follow on Instagram or Facebook and I look at them for inspiration sometimes. Uh, but most of the time is, um, I, I have to connect to it somehow and it's usually one of those feelings or emotions that I, I look for um, to connect with the food I'm making. And as soon as I taste it, and if it's not there, I, I know it's missing something. And I add the next ingredient until I get to that memory. And when I'm there, then the item comes out. So when you're creating uh, new items, do you, do you work with other people or you do? You, you yes, we have, I have a team. I have a great team. Um, my bake, you know, my, my pastry chef, Brian and, and Kali and Karen, the, we all taste everything and I, I get feedback from them. Um, but the final decision always comes to me unless I give them free range and I say, like, make something for me. 
And of course, I still have to taste it, approve it. And then if it goes through, then they're fine. Because I, 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 I think it's important for them to feel some ownership of what uh, they're doing. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't happen often, I think mostly because they're afraid. You know, we're still kind of four years into the 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 business. And I think as, as they stay longer in the business, they'll feel more comfortable about that, about creating new items. Uh, but they do have some uh, input definitely on what we do. And of course, my customers, I'm listening to them all the time. What's been your biggest challenge? I mean, it, when I look <clears throat> at challenges for me, <laughs> I mean, your whole life, it just seems like you've overcome challenge and challenge and challenge. Mm-hmm. What would you say your biggest challenge is now? See, see, and 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 it's funny because for for you is something that it's is who you are, right? Like that, it's a challenge just being you. And for me, it's exactly the same. Uh, I am an immigrant, and and I am, uh, um, you know, new, and I am, and I have an accent, and I have no credit history. And I have no money from my family before or, or somebody that could say, oh, I'll back you up in your loan for, for the bank. Um, so that, just being who I am, is the struggle that I have to carry. It's, it's just part of who, you know, who, you know what makes me, me. Um, so my struggle is, you know, trying to get funding, for example, for any new project that I have, it's really difficult. I, I've been here for 17 years. Half of that time doesn't count when you don't have a credit history, uh, when you, know, you don't have all, you know, people from before to back you up in projects and stuff like that. Now it's a little bit easier for me to, to get because I have gained some recognition, but it still has always been um, the fact that people look at me and they might say, hmm, I don't know if he knows what he says he knows or, or he doesn't look like a person. You know, I've, I've been in places where the people will come into the bakery and go straight to the other baker or they come to me and they talk to me in, in front of the shop and they say, I get that a lot. Or they, or they, <laughs> say, or they say, oh, are you the owner? Oh, good for you. Pat like, like I don't look like the owner. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you, you know, that that is kind of a struggle. I just brush it off. I don't care. It's like, hmm, oh, you think good for you. You have a brain. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, but, but people do stuff like that uh, and they don't know how... Uh, every how, day. Every, every, <laughs> so, oh, you're the owner? What? No way. Like, really? You think I'm like, un, you know, incapable, incapable of doing that? Or, you know, people yeah. put their, their own, they project their own inabilities on others and that's the way I look at it I say like mm, yes I'm the owner right Let's give me your money <laughs> so but um where do you go from here like where do you see yourself in 10 years oh or five gosh. years so so first of all I I wanted to put Salt Lake City on on the pastry map um I think we're doing that we're we're working really hard to um you know like everybody talks about La Durée in France, and everybody talks about Bouchon, and they talk about all these names. I want Ephany to be the talk, and Ephany from Salt Lake City to be the talk, and that's uh, where we're going. Um, I think that... Man, um, I need to team up with you, so I'm not, like, right? screwed over on this. Right. <laughs> yeah, I need no, to be a partner okay. with this thing. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there is... Uh, there, there, that's my goal, is to... Um, let people know who we are, 
when it comes to um, the pastry, we have a very good, um, 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 you know, food culture in Salt Lake City. Very good food culture. Yeah, and a good. lot of people don't know about it. And I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that with so many good restaurants, so many good bakeries, so many good confectioners, that people still don't talk about Salt Lake. And I think it's time for Salt Lake to be discovered that way. It, it, we have one of the best economies in the country. We always yeah. did, when it was bad, we were good. Um, it's beautiful in here, all year round. It's easy to get out. Okay, you're saying that as it's pouring rain outside. <laughs> it's and beautiful. What well, do you think that is beautiful? I, I love the rain. Agree. I think it's still pretty. I, I love the rain. I love the rainy day. I love the snowy days. I, I love the sunny days. And and the fact that every time you look at those mountains on the east, they every day they look different. Yeah. Um, every single day, like you would be on on. You know, in awe every single time you decide that you want to look at the mountains because they look beautiful no matter what. Did you see that sunrise this morning? Yeah, today was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It orange was and pink. It was, it was it was amazing, and it's a storm. I, coming. I'll check out that sunset. Okay, yeah. I'm more of the sunset person. <laughs> yeah, well, you need to be a morning person. I guess you're not. Um, but uh, but then we, you know, we um, we have all these beautiful things, and and 20 minutes from the city, you can get into the middle middle of nowhere and climb a mountain and and look at the sunset and or uh i mean it's it's amazing that salt lake city is not recognized for what it is and i think that i'm trying to do a little bit of work to to get salt lake city recognized as a place where we do good things here we do very good food and we do a lot of good things not just food you know i am in the food business but i I don't think people recognize the the weather has a play on your product. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you talked about Salt Lake has such a great weather. Do you notice if the if it's raining, does it make it harder for you to make some of the meringues? Or what do you notice baking-wise? What was it, even the altitude, did that play with your recipes when you had to come and experience it? Really, altitude in Salt Lake is not as bad. If you go to Park City, then you're going to start dealing with more issues. Uh, the problem that we have here is dryness, dehydration. Everything dries up really fast. And that means also water evaporates faster. So when you're baking, you, you can dry out your items really fast. You have to cook them, you know, higher temperature, less time. You have to add extra moisture to your recipes to keep it in there. Um, <clears throat> but besides that, uh, I mean, Salt Lake City is not that much of a challenge when it comes to uh, dealing with altitude humidity. I mean, I come from Cuba. Yeah. If I'm... Gonna worry about humidity. It's like, it's like, have you tried? Have you tried baking in Miami or in San Francisco, for example? Was it a change um, though for you to like uh, play with your recipes? It was a little bit. It was a little bit of a change, but it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Like it wasn't as as bad as as it could be if I was like in Denver, for example. That one is definitely a challenge when it comes to altitude. Um, but besides that, um, you know, not really that much of uh, a headache. As far as I'm concerned, dehydration is always the dryness is is the the fight that you have on a daily basis to make sure your stuff is not all dried out and crusty. So, but you know how to you know you have to learn how to work with that. So you spoke about exposure. You've been on the Food Network a couple of different shows. Mm -hmm. um, the Holiday Baking Championship was one of them. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, you know that has been some of the best. 
uh, memories I have. It's it's pretty surreal to get it done. That was the I did the holiday baking championship. I just did ba best bakers in America. I did a sugar showdown show in Canada, and there's another one coming out on Christmas Eve. Uh, cool. That that it's just a one episode. That's we. It was really fun to to film, um, and it's surreal. It's 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 different. It's um, it's challenging. Um, I, it actually shows uh, if you can really be creative. It's 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 the way when when you are in there and you have no time and there's ingredients and unfamiliar kitchen and you need to get stuff done in a specific time that um, you probably never done anything like that before yeah. in that time frame. Um, and you get it done and then you feel either very happy or you feel very stupid um, because you know the latter <laughs> because because there's you know that there's going to be a lot of people watching you screw up stuff um, yeah. and that's and, half the fun of watching it. and and exactly but but the, the thing is like I you can take it you can take it and, and feel really uh, I, I get scared that you're you're vulnerable now you I mean all the people think that you're this great baker and then you're making a stupid mistake on TV millions of people are watching um, but at the same time, uh, I think it lets people understand that you're, you're still a human being. You will be making mistakes. And, 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 and I think this is a good uh, way for us to show the world what we do and what we struggle on a daily basis, even though reality is not really, I mean, reality TV is not real, real life. Um, yeah, guys, we're talking about that Amen. before we yeah. started, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but besides that, besides the fact that it's not real life, it kind of shows some of the struggles that we go through on a daily basis on the food world. So, and then you make a lot of good friends. You make new friends, and and uh, yeah, and then you get to you know promote your business, and which I think is great. So, we just had Thanksgiving. Did you fix anything special for your family? Actually, this time I didn't have... Well, we made the tarts that we sell in the pastry shop and I roasted a 20-pound turkey in my beautiful convection oven. Uh, but the rest of my family is here for the first time. They moved over here last year. I, I brought all my family in 2012 from Cuba. And this year was uh, the first time that they're here in Salt Lake. They moved over to Salt Lake now. So this was the first time they did the Thanksgiving and I just had to go there and bring the turkey and the desserts. So that was good. It was easy. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want people to know about? Um, actually, give us your address. Like oh. for, people that, for people that don't know, how can they find you? So we are on 1475 South Main Street in Salt Lake City. We're just right uh, off the freeway on 1300 South. And then you turn... Uh, uh, south on Main Street, and we'll be on the east side of the road, on the building next to Condi's Candies. You'll be a big sign that says feelings and emotions and uh, um, gold letters, because we like bling. I mean, nice. I like bling. <laughs> I'm Cuban. That's one thing. It's like I don't wear chains or anything like that, but I still like bling. <laughs> they, they've got a beautiful logo. It's purple with yellow. The gold, yeah. the gold lettering. Yeah, it's uh, we we really... Um, like our marketing looks, it's pretty, pretty elegant. I think that we, you know, for a Cuban, I'm pretty tame when it comes to that. 
Um, but I will say, come over, you'll see. I, I think you guys will be impressed if you uh, come and see what the stuff that we do. And, and we put a lot of effort on the quality of the ingredients that we use. Yeah, hours open. We are open Tuesday to Saturday, and we open at 8 a.m. Um, um, Tuesday to Friday, 8 to 6, and on Saturday, 9 to 5. We don't open Sundays or Mondays, but that might change in the future. So, but you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Vine, on Food Network, on anywhere, basically. We're, we're everywhere. So I, I came up with a bonus question that I asked most of our guests some week. I forget, but I remembered. Um, your favorite Muppet and why? <laughs> oh my gosh and and i now have to uh gonzo uh, that's, that's my favorite <laughs> gonzo and i and i think it's because you know he he's he's always trying so hard yeah <laughs> um he's always trying so hard and he doesn't ever give up trying so hard and i think that's what i always remember and i like velvet he has a velvet very velvety beak, yeah. so i just like velvet <laughs> Well, thank you, Chef. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. And thank you, uh, Reuters Snow, for letting us use their conference room. Yeah. I've been working off and on with them for a few years, and they're, they're very great. Um, that's all I got. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Go eat more tarts. Podcast is done, man. <laughs>